You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. What does it mean to be black in America? As much as we talk about race and racism, inequality and the struggle for justice, that fundamental question is often beyond the understanding of many Americans. If you're not black, frankly, it's understandably hard to know, and it's difficult to talk about under a lot of circumstances. It's a topic that is wrought with all kinds of really painful historical significance that still holds through to today. Slavery, Jim Crow, police brutality, institutional racism, these are things that African Americans live with every day in this country. And yet, for the majority of Americans, those struggles are always somewhat distant and hard to grasp. Artist Mario Moore, a native of Detroit, has a new exhibit of paintings and drawings called Recovery, and it's at the David Klein Gallery in downtown Detroit. It portrays that everyday life of African Americans and asks a really poignant question. Given all the issues that black people face in America, is it ever possible for black men in particular to rest, to just be themselves without worry? Moore joins us now to talk about his exhibit and the issues it is attempting to highlight for its viewers. Mario Moore, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here. So let's start with that question, which is the question you ask uh, in this exhibit. Is it possible for black men to rest, given all of the things that go on in a society that say to African-Americans, you are not the same or equal to everyone else? I think um, that's what the show is about because it, it is a question. So it's not it's not something that's easily answerable. So, you know, we think about the, the idea of um, black men working, working, working. And that's been our history. That's been our understanding that in order to move forward, we have to work, 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 work extra, extra, extra hard. Um, so with that question, I started to think historically about um, black men that have been in I guess, historical situations that we are in now mm -hmm. as far as um, police beatings, police brutality, um, kids getting shot and killed, black men getting shot and killed, black women getting shot and killed, uh, marches and things like that. Like, how did these men in the midst of that and all that that, that does psychologically to you, how did they take time to rest? Mm -hmm. um, but we also have to understand that we're human beings. So I started to look at images like Martin Luther King, like relaxing, like, uh, you know, laying on the lawn, mm -hmm. chilling with his family. <laughs> and you don't you don't really think about those moments oh, because right. they were human. Right. <laughs> right. So they right. had to do those things. Yeah. Uh, so uh, tell us about how you sort of put this work together. And I should also mention to the to the listeners that. Some of the examples of what's in this exhibit are at our Facebook page, WDET.org. They are paintings uh, as well as drawings. Talk about these images and sort of how they came together in your mind around this theme. Right. So first I was I was starting to do these uh, drawings just um, because before I was working on paintings and images of black women and dealing with issues of power and mm -hmm. how they're seen in history, in art history, in media. And I wanted to get back to um, black men and how I perceive myself and how people perceive me in the world. Uh, then what happened was I had brain surgery. Wow, wow. <laughs> so that was a, a serious moment mm -hmm. in my life mm -hmm. and and it forced me into, I ha like I had to rest. I literally had, to, I had no choice. 
Um, so from that point forward and also thinking about everything that's happening, like mentally, what does it do watching these black boys and black men get shot and killed over and over again as you're taking in all that media? Mm-hmm. Um, but being forced to rest, it, it, it makes you consider and think like, man, like when is the last time I actually really rest? Wow. Like you're, you're like forced into this state of rest. So so from that point, I, I started to use my work to kind of explore this idea of a historical relevance of black men resting and uh-huh. relaxing. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I'm curious, uh, when you were recovering from brain surgery and had to rest, what did you do? Can you oh, talk man. more about yeah, what that looked yeah. like and what it felt like? Um, so, you know, I, I actually recovered pretty fast. Uh, as, as I'm saying, like I had, a, had the surgery on a, and I had a very specific crazy kind of surgery, <laughs> uh, which is an awake craniotomy. Wow. And, wow. you know, it speaks for itself. But my recovery was fast, meaning I had the surgery on Friday. I got out of the hospital on Sunday. And and that was good. Although, you know, I was out of hospital, I was still, you know, woozy, you know, I'd hiked up on drugs, everything sure. they have you do after you get out of the hospital with something like that extreme. Sure. Um, but basically recovery for me was just being able to stand up, walk a little bit, walking around my apartment. Um, my girlfriend w- was there, and she was helping me along the way. I think I started to work on drawings about, or, or my first drawing that I did, the first piece that I did that's in the show, about maybe two weeks after. And and that was literally me just standing up there and, and working on a drawing and, and then, you know, relaxing for the rest of the day and not doing much. So mm-hmm. a lot of my recovery was being able to just walk, wow. <laughs> you know, like, like take some time walking and then sitting still and, and working on a drawing that's on the wall. Like it, it didn't take a lot of energy. Um, so I spent a lot of time doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I had an opportunity to do a residency in Connecticut and it was in this beautiful landscape. It was really relaxed. So like that was like where <laughs> I like made like a ton of work. I was able to do bo- one, both things at the same time. You know, it's kind of crazy because I'm trying to relax, but I'm still like, <laughs> you know, it's like nearly, you know, it's this thing, man. It's yeah. this it's the stereotype, right, of, of black men. Like once you see uh, or if you if you think or consider somebody resting or relaxing, you know, they're lazy. There's a stereotype from slavery, right? Oh, we're beating them to death, but they're they're lazy they're because lazy. yeah, so it's that, you know, you you run up against it. So it's almost like a it's a question that I'm asking the audience. I'm asking black men also, like, how do you rest? What does that look like for you? You know? Yeah. And I think there's something sort of incisive here about the distinction between Physical rest and mental rest. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Uh, so that even when you might be sitting still, even when you might be lying down, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're resting uh, in your mind. And I guess uh, for you, that's that, that experience takes on even more importance because of this, this surgery that you had. But, but for all African Americans, I think there's this question about rest in your mind and, yes. and how that's different from your body. Yeah, I, I, you know, very much so. Um, and, you know, I, I was looking at this um, this book. It's a historical um, medical book of uh, medical photo- photo- photographs from uh, early American medical history. And it's by the, uh, this collector in New York. And it's this book, and it, and it, and it shows you, like, the beginning of uh, medical history and early American medical history. 
and how they didn't use anesthetics on African-Americans and things like that. So, you know, dealing with all that stuff and all that history mm-hmm. and just thinking like everything that happens to a black body every day, like it's like you have to find some place where you can, where in your mind mm-hmm. you can rest. Yeah. And I think the the question that the exhibit asks is, what is that space for you or what does that look like? You know, and it's different things for different people. So I, I focused on small moments of rest, whether that's thinking about your, your person you love, your mate, or just coming home, being able to tell them about your day. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like that's a way to relax or whether that's you taking a vacation or, you know, what are those, how do you do it? Right. <laughs> like, what does it look like for you, you right. know? right. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Mario Moore, an artist, a native of Detroit, who is showing a new exhibit called Recovery at the David Klein Gallery in downtown Detroit. That exhibit asks the question, is it possible for black men to rest in a society that is so filled with institutional oppression? We're talking about that idea of rest, how African-Americans find it, where they find it, when they find it. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call, 313-577-1019. Tell us what you think of the issue of African-Americans being able to find solitude in America, the idea of being able to be yourself without worry about external pressures. Is this something that you think is uh, only uh, generic to African Americans? Uh, if you think uh, other people uh, have that same issue, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, and tell us what you think about uh, the wonderful art that uh, we're sharing from Mario Moore on our Facebook. I'm sorry, on our website, wdet.org. Uh, Mario, I want to talk about some of the specific pieces uh, mm-hmm. here. Um, the one that that uh, jumped out to me the most uh, at first was of an African-American man standing in his underwear on the left uh, side of, of the drawing. Then there's a picture of his jeans standing up as though he's still in them. <laughs> and then there's an orange hoodie uh, that's draped the way it would be over his body. And beneath that, uh, his shoes. So it's yes. sort of a, I, I guess, and I'm always loath to try to read into someone else's art uh, without without their their input. But it, That's to what me, you're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. If you're okay with that, um, to me, it it I think sort of tries to disaggregate the black experience and say that it is not all one thing. That all of these different pieces kind of exist on their own. Exactly, exactly. And that so that piece won't be in this show, um, but that is a piece uh, that I did um, almost around the same time, a little earlier than the, than the newer work. But uh-huh. it was dealing with it was when I was starting to think about myself and and going from uh, what I was making before to thinking about black men. And it and, and it asked the question, I guess, you know, I, I feel like a lot of great work or great artwork asks questions. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It doesn't try to answer the question. It just presents a question. So do these elements like a hoodie, um, you know, nice shoes or, you know, baggy jeans, like do these things make up a black man? Mm-hmm, Are mm-hmm. they separate? It's almost. It's also like um, these elements can be bodies in themselves because as objects, they already hold so much content without my body being in them. 
you know, so joining that with my body creates meaning. a whole nother situation, yeah. you know, so it's, it's looking at, um, you know, just the, the, the black man's body in itself. And it's looking at the objects associated with it. Uh-huh. And it's looking at those things that are associated negative to negatively with those objects, right. you know, right. for me, a hoodie is really comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way it feels, you know, it makes me feel like mm-hmm. comfortable. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm protected, you know, um, but that's not. <laughs> but the meaning of that, yeah. the societal meaning of that has changed. Exactly. I think maybe forever. For, it, forever, for, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, there was another uh, piece that, uh, that I probably also have a pretty clear understanding of what you're, <laughs> you're depicting here. It is of, I believe, you on a table yeah, uh, yep, with me. doctors around you, um, and then there's a skull on a stool nearby. Uh, and I, I, I didn't know about uh, your, your surgery until now, but uh, I imagine that that's what you are depicting. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm um, you know, it's, it's, thinking about me, but it's also thinking about that book that I was reading about the historical um, early American medical medical photography. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those photographs, the cadavers um, in the the 19th century were were black. So you see a lot of um, early American like students, Mm -hmm. medical students Mm -hmm. who are white standing over these black cadavers. Because what happened back then is... um, at first, they were using cadavers of like murderers and rapists and things like that, and they would use those bodies that were given given to the medical schools, mm-hmm. uh, which were very few in America, considering the uh, how Europe operated. Like you had like seven years, eight years of programming and things you had to go through to become a doctor. Yeah. In America, everything was brand new, right. so they were kind of right. just doing stuff. <laughs> so it's like try this out. Yeah, right? exactly. Let's let's see what happens. <laughs> um, but what you see in that book is that um, a lot of the cadavers are African-Americans because after using the, the bodies I spoke of, they started uh, doing grave robbing mm-hmm. and uh, going to African-American communities and graves and stealing those bodies. Um, wow. They even had um, things called, people called body snatchers where they would, uh, and this would happen around Johns, John Hopkins, mm-hmm. where they mm-hmm. would literally, if you're walking around there during Just a certain time, pick you up. And, and kill you yes. and use you as a cadaver. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about that history and these bodies that are usually seen as objects, especially in those photographs. And I wanted to um, basically object to that and show this person that's living, that's looking out at the viewer. Yeah. Um, it also pulls in some other art historical elements, like the skull is a is a thing that's used in Vanitas paintings, hmm. um, thinking about life and death mm-hmm. and um, life expectancy and that everything ends and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, all, it's always something more to find in the paintings. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with artist Mario Moore. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guest is Mario Moore. He's an artist who's showing a new exhibit called Recovery at the David Klein Gallery in downtown Detroit. Uh, That exhibit asks a very poignant question. Is it possible for black men to rest in a society that is so filled with 
institutional oppression. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we will work you into the conversation. Mario, you are a native Detroiter, but you uh, you live in Brooklyn now, yep. uh, which is sort of the opposite of what people are doing, right? There's all kinds of people from Brooklyn moving here. <laughs> exactly, because um, Brooklyn's expensive. That's right. Really expensive. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, tell me quickly sort of how these two cities influence your work. Right. Well, so, you know, I, I spent majority of my life in Detroit. I was born and raised here. I went to Cass. Um, then I, I went to undergrad college here, mm-hmm. um, CCS. And, you know, all of my friends, a lot of my like really close friends aren't artists. So, you know, I just I'm 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 Detroit all the way. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like my, my grandma's, you know, here and my whole this family's is home, here. Right? This, is, this is home. So um, this city for me, like has a lot to do with work ethic. And I, and I think about that in my work. Like, I think about the idea of labor and I think about the idea of work. Um, so, so f- you know, forever, however long I've been making my work, it's always been, has a part of that in it, in this work ethic, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, of making and, and concentrating. And, and I think um, Brooklyn uh, brings another element as far as, like, the friends that I've gathered from grad school. We all kind of uh, moved from Connecticut um, down in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and you know that's my that's been my collective. Uh, so I get a, a lot of energy from them and input. And um, New York is just a, a whole nother city. You yeah, know, it, yeah. it's it's a lot happening. Like I said, like I love Harlem. Mm-hmm. I, I like mm-hmm. the vibe and feel <laughs> of it. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, even though I live in Brooklyn. You know, other other people that's in Brooklyn, they might not like me because I'm talking about Harlem, but, you know. <laughs> that's okay, right? <laughs> exactly. But I feel like both of the, the cities come together. Um, for me, more so, of course, I'm more so favorable to Detroit because I feel like the spirit of people that are here in Detroit are just, like, really genuine, honest, mm. and just, like, they work work really hard. Yes. They work really, really hard. It's a city of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and for me, Brooklyn has more of, like, like this vibe of like a like a, kind of like a freedom, but there's just a lot happening all the time, mm-hmm. a lot going on, a lot you can pull in from everything you see all the time. Um, so those two things uh, come together for yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. Again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's go to Frank in Detroit. Frank, welcome to Detroit today. Steve, how you doing this morning? Sure, great. How are you? Um, great topic, fellas. I would just say, like I told you, screener, you know, a black man has never had opportunity to win. <laughs> That's, you, I, you, go ahead, go ahead. Since, since the day we stepped on the shore, um, it was a work ethic in which no other particular individual could match. From the cotton fields to the plant floor for either Dodge, GM, or Chrysler. Yep, Most yep. of the times when we're referred to as individuals, we're referred to as workhorses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or those that can carry the load, not always in the capacity of finance. Yep. In other words, having brains enough to manufacture the monies without the labor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Does anyone disagree? Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I, I was just reading this um, this book, um, and it's, uh, it's called, uh, I think it's like Slavery, Reconsidering the American Economy. Mm-hmm. And it talks about um, how blacks in general, black women, um, Black men, black kids were considered hands, mm-hmm. like like just literally people or slaves, 
or black people were considered hands. They weren't that they were just a part that was the part of their body. That's the part that mattered. That was the labor. Right. They that's literally all we were called were hands. And and it talks about finances. It talks about the entire history of the beginning of America and how like this whole idea of the industrial revolution as being the source mm-hmm. of, of uh financial wealth for America mm-hmm. is like lie no it's actually <laughs> yeah. slavery yeah. yeah yeah no no question there's a number of books in the last couple of years in fact that have been published that talk about how so much of the american economy itself uh, cast forward 246 years or whatever it's been is rooted in the wealth that was built up by uh, by, by slavery, and that's yes. something that uh, it's a different interpretation than they tend to teach you exactly. in uh, in school. Exactly, uh, Frank. Thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Kwame in Detroit. Kwame, welcome to Detroit today. You there, Kwame? No, I think we no. might have lost Kwame. Um, Kwame's not dead. He wanted to thank you for having this conversation. I think. Uh, oh, okay. And uh, he says it's something we don't talk enough about uh, in this country. You know, I wonder uh, how you f- how you feel about who sees this. I mean, African-Americans obviously yeah. can instantly relate to the images that, that you have in this exhibit. But what about other people of other ethnic origin? Well, I, the work is for everyone. And the, and I, I make the work for everyone, mm-hmm. you know, because I want I want there to be some insight. I want people to come to the work and I want people to pay attention to the work like they would pay attention to anything else or any other artwork that they would see in a museum. Mm-hmm. Or, or if we're just talking about strictly conceptual work, like if you put a brick in the center of a gallery and they pay attention to the brick and become, come up with all these ideas and things. I feel like all that attention um, should be given to this work yeah. in the same way. And. And I think it's actually, I won't say more so for <laughs> for other races to mm-hmm. view the work, but I feel like it, it gives them a way to see things in a different way, yeah. right? To observe something differently, to make them consider um, what's um, obviously in front of them, but they might look past. So I, I think it just opens up a channel. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Uh, let's go to Bryant in Detroit. Bryant, I've got about a minute left, but I wanted to make sure we got you in here. Welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, hi, Mario. How's it I going? To, yeah, I spoke to your mom when she was on DET. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in the family here. Exactly, exactly. Sabrina Nelson. Sabrina you know. Nelson, who was just here two weeks ago. I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I heard oh, it, I heard yeah. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, well, about the... Um, this thing, you know, I've been my my, my nerves been rubbed raw by this whole life, this yeah. whole existential situation. I was wondering if you put in any kind of neurological or sociological uh, signs in your uh, work, like hmm. it's a it's a syndrome. Almost a mental syndrome. Right. Yeah, Brian. Thanks very much. We're we're, we're tight on time, but uh, I'm I'm glad you called and asked that. Go ahead, Mario. Um. Yes, I I think you know. What I what I wanted to do as far as like uh, signs and, and 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 elements and things that are pulling out those things, I didn't want it to do it in a direct way, but I kind of wanted to look at it historically. So I'm using um, a lot of like famous African American men historically that have been seen on the podium or seen in the protest, and looking at them and seeing 
in the ways that they actually literally rested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, what did that look like for them? So I'm 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 considering those um, elements in a in a different way, not in, in something very specific where, you know, it takes a scientific approach, but it's more so even even when you Google, like let's say you try to Google an image of like um, historical black men resting. It's going to be really, 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 really small. Uh So I'm pulling those small elements and try to pull something out of them. Okay, Mario Moore, artist who's showing a new exhibit called Recovery at the David Klein Gallery in Detroit uh, from June 30th through August 11th. Uh, Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Also, say hello to your mother for us. Uh, (laughs) I will. Loved having her on the program as well. Uh, This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. I'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will too. We'll see you then.